Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. We continue learning Hodot HaLevavot, Duties of the Heart by Rabbi Bahia Ibn Pakuda. And we are in chapter, in the chapter of the gate of uh, Emuna, the gate of, um, of trusting Hashem, gate of Bitahon. And, uh, and here he's talking today that there's mitzvahs that are divided in two categories. One is mitzvahs that uh, no one sees, you do them, that they're between you and Hashem. Uh, that is, um, and the second one is mitzvahs that are apparent to everybody, that they're obvious, like putting on tefillim, you're in shul, a man is putting on tefillim, everybody's seeing him put the, on tefillim, uh, he's shaking a lulav, he's sitting in a sukkah, uh, he's wearing his kippah. So these are mitzvahs that are to everybody to see. So Hashem rewards the mitzvahs that are witnessed by others with rewards in this world which are also seen. So whatever it's seen by others, the reward is given in this world. He rewards discrete and hidden mitzvot with reward that is also not seen and it's also hidden, which is in the olamaba, in the world to come. So the, the subtle and discrete nature of this type of reward is alluded by King David in the verse, how great is your goodness that you hid away for those who fear you. So. There's things that Hashem doesn't pay us in this world. They're not meant to be paid here because the reward is so big that there's no worldly reward that can ever compensate what you did. So precisely the same formula applies to how Hashem punishes. Generally, open offenses are punished in this world, whatever you do. In, in this world that is openly, like for example, you humiliate somebody or you did something, uh, you stole money and everybody knew about it. These type of things, these offenses are punished in this world. And things that you do that are hidden offenses, like for example, you, I don't know, like it's Shabbat and you, you started looking at Instagram, you're in the bathroom and you took your phone and you're looking at Instagram, nobody knows, only you and God. These offenses are, are punished in the world to come. So it says as a demonstration of this is seen in Parasha Behukotai, where it says there, that their Hashem states clearly that the Averos, the sins that are committed openly here is immediate punishment in this world why there is no mention of reward in heaven for the mitzvot done here discreetly, nor the punishment for hidden crimes introduces us to another important insight. So, so Parasha Behukotai addresses punishment that applies to the entire Jewish people as one entity. The reason is to make each Jew responsible for the actions of another Jew. And, and, and to see that we're all responsible for each other. Like, if one Jew sins in a certain way, it does affect the rest of the Jewish world. Like we're not separated, we're one in one body. So if you cut a finger in your hand, it's not only gonna bother your hand, it's gonna bother your whole body. So this is, um, this is done to encourage us to reach out and connect others with God. 
So we see this, this is in accord with the idea mentioned before that only if you fulfill certain conditions can you be rewarded in Olamaba. One of these is that you inspired others to keep the mitzvot, which is we spoke last week, that it's important that a person, a Jew, is a Kiddush Hashem when he's walking in the street, like he's an inspiration to other people. You know, it hurts me very much when I hear people, yesterday I was giving a, a talk on anti-Semitism to a group of young women. And it was about a talk of the Rebbe, and I'm not going to go into it because it's a different class. But the Rebbe says, like, a Jew is a light to other people. And anybody. We are responsible for the world. We're the big brothers of the world. So everybody's looking at us. And when a Jew goes to a park and has a picnic, he has to pick up all that garbage and throw it away. He cannot just leave the garbage because, you know, other people look. He says, you see those Jews, especially if you look Jewish. You see those Jews, how dirty they are. They come to a place they don't even pick up. All these things, it's not that anti-Semitism is going to come because of that. Because anti-Semitism is something that just comes. It, it, it doesn't matter if you're good or bad. But it helps make it worse. So we are very responsible of our image to other people. We have to work in our PR. We have to really live up to who we really are. We're, we should be, we're the sons and the daughters of the king. And royalty he has to behave in a certain way. So we are, of course, unaware of what a person's thoughts are and what lays hidden in his heart. We have no idea, and we cannot intervene in those. So that is made clear in the Torah, in the verses, that which is unknowable belongs to Hashem, and that which is known belongs to us and our offspring. If the people turn their eyes away from the evil acts of this man and his family, I will turn my face to this man and his family, and he will be removed from amongst the Jewish people. This is in Vayikra. So in contrast, as we have said, Hashem rewards our pun or punishes us, um, our hidden deeds in the next world. And the Torah omits mention of this, since you cannot intervene to stop things you cannot see. Because if you don't see what another person has in his heart, you don't know what's really going on in that person's uh, relationship with Hashem, then Hashem cannot punish him in this world because it's, it's, it's irrelevant. It's, it's not the right place to do that. It's like if you have a child and you have to punish him, he has to be with a proper uh, setting. Like if the kid broke uh, something, that was playing with something and you told him, don't play with that, it's going to break, don't play with that, it's going to break, mommy's going to get upset. So if he breaks it, then you have to admonish a punishment that is, uh, that is congruent with the action. Like, you're gonna put him, you're gonna punish him for a month that he cannot watch TV, it doesn't go. It doesn't go with it. So maybe you have to make him pick up the pieces if it's not dangerous for him, or maybe you have to, to, to make him build something uh, precious and show him how much uh, effort it is to build something precious and to start appreciating other people's things, you know? Or take something very precious for him, from him uh, for a while so he can miss it and feel what you feel when he broke your thing. It has to go. So the same thing Rabbi Pakuda is telling us here, that whatever is hidden cannot be punished here or rewarded here because it doesn't, it's not the right place, it's not the right setting. 
So there is another more basic reason why Moshe did not mention the reward or punishment that one might receive in Olam Abba. He was speaking to people who re whose reality is this world. So if we're so immersed in this Olam Hazeh, in this world, obviously we have no concept of spirituality we have no relationship to it we cannot understand that we do not relate to it then how can he tell you like in the olamaba you're gonna get this you know you're not gonna understand what you're getting so as we previously mentioned the navi the prophet talks about yehoshua ben Hotzadak, the kohen gadol who was able to divest himself of his of his physical dimension in which he lived and stand among the angels as it says i will give you a path between the two groups angels and seraphim who are standing here this is from Sehariah. This is the nature of human beings. If you want to affect changing someone by assuring him of reward or punishment, he has to be able to relate to them in this world. So that's why we're not given uh, instruction of what's the reward and what's the punishment in the world to come because there's no way we could ever understand it. So Hashem in the Torah only talks about the reward and the punishment that is given to us in this world because we can relate to it. Like if a person in the times of the temple did Lashonara, did uh, evil talk, then he would get this malady in the skin, he would get saras, which was like a type of leprosy, and he had to be quarantined and he would be humiliated with other people. He would feel ashamed that he talked about someone else because it was something that was obvious to everybody. But it's something that is relatable to us in this world. So, so he says here that they have, they have to refer to both time and place. Only then will they relate to his reality and affect him. Olama Ba, on the other hand, which is out of time and space, is beyond the parameters of our understanding. We cannot even fathom what it is going to be there. We can, can't even imagine what it's going to be. So another reason is that the nature of reward in the world to come is, connect, is connection to Hashem and attachment attachment to his higher light. So another concept that is beyond our abilities because we live a mundane life. We're people. We, it's very rare that a person sees himself as a spiritual being. We, 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 we see ourselves more in a materialistic way. Like if I ask you, who are you? You're going to talk about your, your body, about what you do. Uh, how do you, how am I going to recognize you? And you're going to say, I have long hair, it's brown hair, I have big eyes, I, I, I have a big mouth, whatever. Things that are physical. And, and this is the way we see each other, but we don't see each other as, as souls. It's very hard to look at a person and, and see the, the light in that person. So another concept beyond our abilities to understand, as it says, your goodness will go before you and Hashem will gather you in. And uh, this is Yeshayahu. And it says, the wise will shine like the radiance of the firmament. This is in Daniel. And also to bring back his soul from Gainon to be enlightened with the light of fire. And this is um, Yov. And additionally, no one can reach this level of attachment unless Hashem favors him. So the only way that we can acquire this level of attachment in this world is if Hashem favors us and he gives it to us. But we have to earn it. 
It's not free. The favor of Hashem is the zenith of the reward of the Olamaba. As David Hamelech writes, his anger is but a moment, life results from his favor. And Parashas Behukotai alludes to this that Hashem's favor is the greatest reward there is. So uh, we have to understand that for a person to become enlightened, it doesn't come only from him. Like he has to do his job, but at the end of the day, the one that lights him up is Hashem. It's a gift. It's a gift. I see people that really, I don't see them growing in their life. Like they have no need whatsoever to learn Torah, to better themselves, to, to maybe connect a little more. They're in another because they haven't been gifted yet. One day they will, but they haven't been gifted yet. So when a person has thirst for Torah, has thirst for growth, wants to grow, wants to be better, wants to connect and is yearning and yearning, it's really a gift. It's a gift and we have to take advantage of it. So I'm going to leave you here. I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.